fuck? That was terrible. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the EstoProds.com comic book podcast. As always, I'm dead. Joining today, we have Birdie. Hi. And coming back from his, like, I don't know, year-long sabbatical, it's Nico. Oh, stop. <laughs> it wasn't a year, but yeah, I have been pretty on again, off again lately, for sure. <laughs> hey, listen, I had to, I have, you know, had to travel and find myself before I could make a return to this podcast. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, but I am really looking forward to seeing your research into what the actual plot of Morning Glories is. So next show, everybody, it's gonna be fun. <laughs> Uh, I think I'm coming down with something. <laughs> oh god! But I gotta oh, god, know. I have a bad case of Nick Spencer. I, I actually don't worry. We'll just get want... to a bad case of Nick Spencer very soon. <laughs> I just quickly wanted to mention something because you reminded me about that. Uh, you actually brought something funny up. Literally just the other day, when I was working at the shop I work part time at, somebody brought up a stack of Morning Glory trades, and I just like started like shaking my head. <laughs> What's wrong? I'm like, oh, um, I don't know. I have a love-hate relationship with this series. And then I basically told them why I hated it so much. She's like, well, I like it so far. <laughs> I was like, all right, that's fine. You know, <laughs> I just, you know, it was just one of these things. I couldn't, I couldn't not tell him how much I, I found that series annoying. But <laughs> No, no, I, I get that. Yeah, I get that. That is a... I'm tempted to pull up that Tumblr article again. No, no, no. Anyways, move it on. <laughs> yes, so. <That's> okay. <laughs> so usually we start the show talking about, um, you know, latest event book or just like kind of books going into stuff. Um, but we're gonna talk. We're gonna start things off this week with news, because the day we're recording this, which is July sixth, twenty seventeen, we have begun getting more and more information about Marvel Legacy, the upcoming Marvel event that supposedly according to Marvel Editor-in-Chief Axel Alonso, is an industry-changing event that will make everything fucking jizz their pants, and they'll be like, hey, fuck you, DC. <laughs> Finally, we haven't, we, haven't got, we haven't gotten a chance to say that in like a year and a half. I hope so. <laughs> yes, so... Marvel Legacy, as it turns out, is a renumbering of their books. Okay, I'm out. And that's about it. That's, that's the industry changing event. It's the whole legacy renumbering thing, I guess, that DC just went through, right? Like with some of their titles. Yeah, with two of their titles. Action, but this is happening with like action. Yeah, but this is happening with like yeah. seven of their titles. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so along with that, we also one, right? Yeah, Spider Man's gonna be one. Uh, we also got some uh, new creative teams uh, coming out for some of those, and so we're just gonna do a quick little rundown of that. Talk a bit about their okay. new story arc they're gonna be getting into. Mm. And so a lot of these okay. are coming out. And so all these are coming out at comicbook.com and IGN. So first up, Wolverine. You guys remember Dokken? Uh. <laughs> Edge Lord Wolverine. Yeah, he's back, and his tats are way more tribal now. Ah, uh, so you're saying he's going to take over the main title? Nope. Actually, they're going to be um, they're going oh. to go, be going in with all new Wolverine with uh, Laura and Dokken having themselves a little bit of a story arc called Orphans of X. So and that's Laura the legacy. It's 
is um Tom Taylor still writing it? Tom Taylor still writing it, and he's gonna be joined by uh, Juan Cabal, the artist on Electra. Hmm. I like I like that book right now, so I'm gonna hold judgment for that. But that really does not sound appealing because I hate Dawkins. <laughs> not really a big fan. You've shown me Dead Man. This just sounds like you com- you you paired Laura with Voss, but Voss wasn't allowed to be funny. Pretty much. Like it's what it is like. What if you took Voss and then removed everything people liked about him, but then gave him like sick tribal ink, <laughs> but like white guy tribal ink? Oh, the one from the artist from Electra. That's the person that looks very Jamie McKelvey-ish. That artist. yeah, yeah, it's very yeah. Mm, I don't know if that's a good mix. I don't know. It might not be because, like, yeah, because like, because <laughs> like the cover is the Dodsons. Oh, really? Yeah, well, that's nice. But yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I've so, liked the, the book up till now. That, that I really actually mad because I just I just read the the Wolverine issue where uh, Laura's little clone literally gives Deadpool the finger. Yeah, and Lord, it fucking. Uh, Gabby, I think is her name. Gabby, she's, yeah, I think that is correct. Yeah, she's fucking great, dude. I fucking love her. Yeah, I like the Wolverine that they have. Yeah, the Jonathan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh-huh. We'll see. I mean, I, I don't, I don't like the sounds of that, but I like that series right now. So. Yeah, maybe we'll just have a think yeah. of like Gabby just beating the shit out of Dokken. That would be great. That would be fucking great yeah. if the entire like the entire first issue of that fucking series is Dawkins shows up, Gabby pounds the shit out of him, Jonathan pisses on him, and then Laura shows up like, oh hey Dawkins, <laughs> continue Jonathan to issue two. On him. <laughs> yeah, I'm on board for that. Yeah, everyone is. Fuck Dawkins. Yeah, yeah. I I I just thought the only good reason to have him around was that was the initial whole. And learning of his existence with Wolverine and that whole thing of him trying to like kill his father, and but after that, I was kind of over the character. I was like, yeah, okay, you know, like well, yeah, because like Laura, once you once you do that, that's kind of note. like yeah, once you yeah. get that, that's kind of all you can really do with a character like that. Like with Laura, yeah, there was kind of more there because she was like a fucking sure. She had more to her from the jump than just ooh, fuck you, dad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Dokken in Marvel Comics is sort of like what happened with Eddie Brock Venom immediate, immediately post-initial introduction because they basically just kept doing the same thing over mm-hmm. and over again mm-hmm. at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, until they basically came up with Carnage, essentially. Like, that was the... <laughs> I think that was them solving the, oh, wait, we're running out of Venom stories. <laughs> Carnage. Here you go. <laughs> Yeah, and at least Carnage and Carnage is also kind of one note, but at least his note is more interesting. Yeah, I like the character. Don't get me wrong. I, I just meant as a I, like. Yeah, Carnage is not meant to be compelling. Nope. They kept trying to make Eddie Brock Venom compelling. Oh God, no! That, that, that that's like trying. To, that's like I, I'm only saying this because I'm seeing a fucking ad for a fucking Army of Darkness comic. But that's trying. That's like trying to make a chainsaw fucking compelling. <laughs> and not like some cool like hand chains. I'm talking about like some fucking Black and Decker home hardware bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, this one is a cable Banana. that's an inch longer than most other cables. <laughs> Whoa. 
but we should move on. All right. Yeah. Yes. So, Invisible Iron Man. You guys remember Tony Stark? He's yeah. important again. Of he's, course. No, he, that's, <clears throat> that's not a surprise. <laughs> he's back, or he's in AI still? He's, we don't know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, so Invincible Iron Man is getting renumbered to 593. Uh, it'll be continuing on with Brian Michael Bendis and Stefano Caselli. And, okay. it'll be go- and it'll be going into the story arc, The Search for Tony Stark. Oh, I'm going to continue reading that, then. Yeah, according to the solicitation... I, I like the Iron Man stuff. Yeah, so according to the, to the solicitation, it uh, continues directly after the pages of Marvel Legacy number 1 and the transformative events of Generations. That other kind of event thing they have happening. Yeah, I'm going to ask you about that afterwards, because I have a question about that. <laughs> but yeah, so... Tony Stark has vanished. The mystery deepens as Stark's friends and foes must decide, finally, who will wield the power of Iron Man? It's Riri. All the contenders are in position, and all the armor is polished. There can only be one armored Avenger. It's Riri. The path to the most startling Iron Man story ever begins. I'm going to call bullshit on that because there's no way it's more startling than that time Tony Stark got kidnapped and forced into an abusive relationship by his own armor. Also, just fuck... Uh-huh. <laughs> there was a point in time where a suit of Iron Man armor became sentient, kidnapped Tony Stark, and f- and basically forced him into a relationship that was just this horribly abusive like relationship between the two of them. That's awesome. Where the, what the hell's that? <laughs> that <laughs> happened. That. <laughs> that happened. I think in the nineties. Oh, okay. I know that there's a storyline where he basically succumbed to because he got injured, um, getting addicted to wearing the armor. Like, he didn't want to be out of the armor at all. Like, I know that was a storyline back in the day, but which... I've never read any other good Iron Man comics, except for now I have nothing to compare it to. I, I, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyways. Yeah. So that's happening. Uh, Deadpool. Let's get a new book with uh, The Despicable Deadpool number 287. <laughs> that's stupid that they're renumbering that, but okay. Yep. <laughs> And it's a storyline where Deadpool is trying to kill Cable. Yeah. Because of Strife. (laughs) Y'all remember Strife? The dude who looks like what Dokken thinks he looks like? Mm. Yeah, uh, I have a character. Is Duggan still writing it? Yep. Yep, it is uh, still Duggan. It is uh, Scott Koblish on art. Okay, yeah, he's the guy who does all those flashback fill-in issues that they've been doing in the series. Alright, all right, well, none of these stories sound interesting that they're each introducing so far, but the teams have stayed the same writer-wise, so I'll probably keep reading all these so far. But that's, yeah, these stories don't sound interesting so far. Here's one that, like, given the name, it, given the, like, the name of one of the kind of creators attached-ish to it, it should be interesting, but I am just... I do not give a fuck. Mm. Wait, hold on. Nico, are you under arrest? Yeah, I know. I heard that, too. Sorry. I live in the hood. <laughs> Go ahead. So, America Chavez... is apparently getting a legacy title. It will return to the... It will return, it will return to the, the traditional numbering of the book, so instead of being issue 8, it'll be issue 8. <laughs> Okay. And it'll be a storyline bringing back 
The Exterminatrix. A villain created by Grant Morrison. Okay. I that at least seems a little bit more out there, which, from what you told me about the America comic, sounds like something it kind of needed. Who's writing but, it? Uh, Gabby Rivera. She is, oh, is I believe... the same writer? Yes. Oh, okay. No, yeah. Uh, Joe Quinones, still on art. And I never read beyond that first issue, but I'm... I think it's still set at, like, a college or something. Yeah, I think I, I read the first two issues. I didn't really... I wasn't into it. But no, it... I like the artist on it. Like, yeah, Joe Quinones is great artwork. It is, has great artwork. Yeah. It's just... They Batgirled yeah. that book super hard. Yeah. Like, no, pe- it's... it's t- yeah. <laughs> like, I, I've heard fucking other people in the industry talk about, like, fucking books being goddamn... Uh, you getting Batgirled. This is the hardest Batgirling I have ever goddamn seen because it is the exact fucking same as Batgirl. Mm-hmm. Just, hey, you know that character who has like some fucking history with like people? Fuck that. She's going to college. I know, and I love that character, and that really does not appeal to me with that character. Yeah. Like, she has the power. She has the power to go into, like, any other, like, dimension, like, she wants. But yeah, she's yeah. in school. <laughs> like, like, that, like, that does yeah, not she, make she, any she was sense. Part, she was part of a goddamn intergalactic <laughs> fucking, like, problem solving force. She can kick holes in dimensions. Yeah. And is like, you know what I need? I need a bachelor's degree. I recently read The Ultimates 2 first trade as well, and they actually had to drop and mention that in the book as well. Like, they're mm-hmm. like, hey, where is she at some point? Like, it didn't show her at school throughout any of the book, which was great. I love that about it. But <laughs> it was one of these things where she wasn't there for something at one point in the book, and they had to mention the fact that she was in school. <laughs> I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> Dead Man, you're just making me sad and making me want Rick and Morty Season 3 to get here faster. Next week. Uh, so moving on, The Defenders. Yep. That book's a thing that exists. And I'm only really reading it because it's David Marquez. Oh my god, does it look so good, that book? Dude. It's so good. This second issue, is was, he changed his style a bit now. It looks like grittier. Oh, it looks so good. It's so it's fucking great. good. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm going to continue reading it. Yeah, so we stay on art. Uh, Bendis is still writing it. And they're going into yeah. a storyline about a bunch of different crime bosses vying for the to become the new kingpin of crime in New York. And yeah. Deadpool's there. Oh, okay. <laughs> you guys like Deadpool? Sure. <laughs> but Dead Man, Black Cat wants to be the queen pin of crime. Fuck you. Yeah. Ugh. Just, just no. Mendes already put her in the, one of the first two issues. <laughs> yes, yes, she's there. Yeah. Fucking yeah. goddamn Diamondback. Yeah. That yeah. amazing character. Yeah, you know her and her her henchman uh, hammer. Oh, was it hammerhead that she was it's using? It's hammerhead. Or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who honestly it's, is more entertaining than her? Yeah, because yeah, hammerhead's a fucking Dick Tracy character. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I black like, cat. Like, like black cat in any position of power is fucking stupid as hell. But then you put her next to like goddamn hammerhead. <laughs> Yeah. Basic, I love, basically, I love it. yeah. Basically, what if you took every single fucking goddamn like mobster archetype character, then gave him a fucking concrete forehead? Yeah. 
I like any of Spider-Man's lower tier fucking rogues gallery. <laughs> yeah, Sp- Spider-Man's lo- Spider-Man's like fucking shit tier rogues are great. Yeah, great. Well, honestly, let's think about it. How many of the major superheroes in Marvel outside of Spider-Man have a significant rogues gallery? Batman, that's it. In Batman Marvel. and him. Oh, oh Marvel. Marvel, sorry. Uh, Spidey. X-Men kinda, I guess you could and, say, but there's so and, many. Well, yeah, they have a, 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 a significant amount is what he said, so X-Men for sure, I would say. Fantastic Four, not really. Just Doctor Yeah, Doom they have and, Galactus and Mole Man. Yeah. Um, uh, Avengers. I guess Avengers you can make an argument of. But Avengers fight everybody, so it's not really, you know what I mean? Like it's, Yeah, Avengers Avengers is Avengers is the anti example. Yeah, that's true. I would say X-Men's the only other maybe you can make an argument for. But yeah, Spider-Man pretty much. Yeah, that's Fuck, Spider-Man's kind of the only thing that company has. Oh, well, could we say Daredevil, I guess? And you can see Bullseye, Elektra at times, Punisher at times. I mean, they're both kind of, you know, back and forth, those characters. But You're really stretching the definition here. Nico. That's true. Yeah. Just... So anyway. You said to try. <laughs> speaking of X-Men, uh, we've got some news about the first major crossover that will be happening be- through Legacy, which is an X-Men crossover. So it'll be, so it'll be a big crossover between X-Men Blue and X-Men Gold. Neither of which I'm reading. Hmm. Yeah, so X-Men oh, Blue. Explains it. Yeah, so uh, it's called... So the event's called Mojo Worldwide. I like Mojo. Yeah, you probably yeah. won't like this. Yeah. I'm not reading either right now either, um, but I'm going to pick up the trades. I've heard good things about the new X-Men relaunches, which is nice, because I haven't read an actual proper X-Men book in a while. So. I read the first issue of both and was like, oh, fuck these people. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, they fucking <laughs> yeah. Their their mansion, the fucking X mansion, landed in the middle of Central Park. And I heard that. And yeah. they're just like, oh, this is ours now. Yeah, and the rent is like fucking crazy or something. Yeah. I, no, but that's I the thing. Heard. They didn't even expect to have to pay rent. They just they just <laughs> they just landed there, said, "This is ours now. Please leave," and expected the city to be like, "Yes, this is good. This is how things should work." Stuff. The X Men are some of the most entitled cunts in this fucking entire goddamn universe. No, yeah. no, no, they're not the Inhumans. Yeah, that's they're, true. They're, Good they're, point. they're approaching. <laughs> in, they are approaching Inhuman levels. <laughs> they don't float above the Earth on a throne. <laughs> that's true. That is pretty. That is much worse. <laughs> they do not, but not for lack of trying. That's true. They would. They would. Leave. I mean, they've had several different times they've tried to run away from her. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. So Mojo, it's a big fucking thing with Mojo. You guys know Mojo, right? Mojo. Mojo Jojo. Yep. Mojo Jojo. So X Men Blue. Uh, the first. So, uh, it'll be uh, written by Colin Bunn and drawn by Jorge Molina. And then we got X-Men Gold, written by Mark Guggenheim, and drawn by To Be Determined. He's pretty good, that guy. Yeah, he's getting a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> I hear all his future... I hear he work. He uh, mentions all his work as in the future. Yeah, it's like, yeah, we'll get around to it. <laughs> Alright. Yeah, so uh, we got a... We're getting a new Falcon book. 
because, you know, the Falcon. He's back as the Falcon, and that other Falcon, like, fuck him. He doesn't matter. He was in, like, he was in, like, five pages, so fuck you, if you wanted to see that new shit. Yeah, so the book is uh, going to be written by Rodney Barnes, who was a writer on The Boondocks and Everybody Hates Chris. Or might have been creator of that. I'm not entirely sure. I don't spend a lot of time looking at, like, TV show creators. Right. Oh, no, writer. I was right. Okay, cool. There is a lot of them right now on Marvel. Yep, and the book's going to be drawn by Joshua Kassara. Don't know who the hell that is either. Yep. Oh. Okay. Not reading it. Yep, and it will also and it will also uh, be and like I said, it'll have Sam Wilson back as the Falcon, and it will give him a new sidekick, the new Patriot. Ah, remember the Patriot, that <laughs> yeah guy From who is Avengers? who is dead. Think so, yeah. You're talking about the Young Avengers Patriot, right? Uh, that name, yes. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, and he's fighting Blackheart. Yeah, the I remember. Ghost Rider villain? Yes. I, mm. that's, so that's where he popped up after that one issue of Miles Morales. Where <laughs> 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 he just showed up in the first issue for no reason. Like, that, it was just like, here I am. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm. All right. <laughs> So Greg Pak, right in the Hulk. Oh, God, don't waste Greg Pak on this. <laughs> oh, it's worse, because they're teaming up with Greg Land. Yeah. Uh, so, so they really, they're, they're, are they punishing Greg Pak? Did Maybe. he do something to Marvel? Just like you spent way too much time over at DC, so like, fuck you? We're, we're putting, up, we're putting up with Greg Land, and also, you're writing a Planet Hulk storyline. Fuck. Because that's what this is. Incredible Hulk number no. 708, Return to Planet Hulk. Is this with Amadeus Cho Hulk, though? Yes. <sighs> Amadeus Cho uh, gets a distress uh. signal from Sakar. Wow. So that is, like, I think the worst news out of is all it, these uh, <laughs> news so okay, far. <laughs> did, they not, did they not read Planet Hulk? Crap, I might have to hate read this. <laughs> No, but not only are they making him return, he's he's choosing to return to Planet Hulk. It's with Amadeus Cho and Greg fucking Pock doing the art? No. Greg no, Land Greg doing Land. the art. Greg, whatever. Sorry, I meant Greg Land. Fuck hey, that. For, hey, for all we know, Greg Pock could also be a terrible artist. <laughs> that's true. I, oh, I've never seen that man draw no, this, anything. This feels, this feels like a deliberate slap in the face to Greg Pock. Like, I feel like... They've they're realized that the totally awesome Hulk has not worked out at all, so they're trying to go back to what's worked for the Hall in the past, and but, not like this. No. No. Just fucking advance your timetable and have Bruce Banner only be dead for three months instead of four. That sucks. Yeah, no, that's, that's really shitty. And fix She-Hulk. You just made her boring. Yes, please. <laughs> Have the have the anger virus transfer back over to the male Hulk. This Bruce all of a sudden comes back to life, and then just the gray seeps off of her as like a mist. He's like, "Oh God, I'm well adjusted again. Hallelujah! Let's go get drinks. I don't know. 
yeah, so that's happening. And what's even dumber is they got the numbering on that book wrong. Yeah, so it was, so they tried to, so they tried to get things back uh, to, like, with legacy numbering, and they released some math, apparently, a couple hours after they announced the book, revealing that what is actually becoming is issue 709, which itself isn't even really the right number because they include the entirety of Tales to Astonish, which Hulk wasn't really a part of for a while, and also forget a couple things in there. It's a whole fucking nightmare. Yeah, I might have to hate read this. Yeah, so we got a few more coming. So Captain America is going to be getting a couple of new creative people uh, with uh, Chris Sanmi and Mark Wade working on a run of Captain America uh, from issue Ooh. 694. That will Ooh, then be I didn't hear about that. Ooh, that will then be followed good. by that will then will be followed up by um, Tanahisi Coates, uh, and he'll pick up around issue I think seven hundred or seven hundred one. Uh, this bleeding cool article is not exactly clear. Shocking. Dan Slott will be writing the Fall of Parker, which will be ending on Amazing Spider-Man issue eight hundred, and then the series will be picked up on eight hundred one by everybody's favorite writer Nick Spencer. He's he's walking away finally. According to this. Wow. Dan Slott's fucking giving up the ghost at 800 and then just like, hey, yeah, fuck, I don't know. I want to go write Silk again. I don't know. Fall Parker. So I guess, I hope he re- they reset everything and make him not fucking Iron Man. Oh, yeah, that'd be fucking Nick's, amazing. Just I would I would try it out with Nick Spencer coming on, I guess. I don't just, know just, how I feel about him writing Spider-Man, but I'll uh, check unless, it out. Unless that first issue is just like it's just like fucking Nick Spencer prostrate on the ground begging for apologies while Parker Industries is burning to the ground behind him. Yeah. Or just huh. like, fuck it, hey, Mephisto's here again. Guess what, fucko? This, this time I'm here for your fucking live-in arrangement with that tiny lady you live with and are just a terrible person, too. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, I'm surprised Jason he's Aaron, away. Yeah, so Jason Aaron and Assad Ribic will be taking over the Avengers book, but not until the middle of spring 2018. Ooh, that's that's exciting too. I didn't know that. Nice. Yep. And Chip Zdarsky will begin work on Marvel Two and One. Okay, with the thing. Is it going to be the, with the thing or presumably? That's not, okay. Because I mean, that's that the original was, Marvel Two at One was the thing and somebody else always. It was like a. Marvel team-up thing. Okay, that makes a bit more sense now with that uh, it teaser image that I think Axel released a while back where it was like the where it was like a, the thing wearing a, like this, you know, Fantastic Four pants, but it had a two instead of a four on it. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, I did see that. Okay, yeah. Uh, who's, sorry, who's writing that? Uh, not sure who's writing, but Chip Zdarsky is working on it, at least. The dude is... I th- I mean, okay. he, he's just a writer, right? Or is he a writer-artist? I'm not no, sure. No, he's a writer-artist because he's the artist on Sex Criminals. Okay. So, so he's probably not going to be drawing it. I doubt that. He'll probably be writing it, if anything. Okay. Yeah, I mean, why, I mean, why would they announce an artist for a book? That's just stupid. <laughs> yeah, so. Wait, who's drawing All-Star Batman and Robin? I mean, that doesn't matter at all, right? No, of course it doesn't. It's Frank Miller. He, that's the name that moves books. Not fucking Jim Jones or whatever. 
Jim Jones. <laughs> yeah, by the way, who who drew Civil War 2? I feel like I should know that guy. I don't know. Fucking Daniel Marketplace or something. Listen, artists don't move books. <laughs> Doesn't move the needle. Doesn't move the needle is what they say. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's not like Image Comics literally was started by... Yeah, their best artists at the time. <laughs> yeah, that, that's just that's just retarded. Everyone knows that everyone knows fucking Image Comics was built was built on the writing and business talents of one Todd McFarlane. Art came into it zero percent. So, Sex Criminals is just a series of infomercials for sex toys. Basically. It's a novel written by Matt Fraction that has a very that has very interesting covers, but it's you know fucking Matt Fraction up there all up in that shit. <laughs> yeah, who the fuck's Amanda Connor? Jimmy Palmiotti is where it's fucking at. I do like Jimmy Palmiotti though, but yeah. Yeah, but he doesn't hold the fuck. <laughs> he constantly gets overshadowed by his wife. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, she's the more talented one. Oh, naturally. <laughs> anyway, let's get through this. Yeah, and that that's it for Marvel Legacy stuff. It's just a bunch of fucking bullshit. Just hey, we're getting new story arcs, new creative teams, kind of, and also new numbering, kind of. I think the industry changing. Thing, Captain America by Wade and Somni and the Jason Aaron Avengers sound good to me. I'm on board for those for sure. The, the, that's pretty much the only exciting news out of that, that whole thing. Great but not the news that Dan Slott's finally given up the like ghost. <laughs> Yeah, Dan Slott needs to leave. Hasn't he been writing that since the beginning? I mean, uh, I'm, I can that is hopeful. exciting that he's leaving finally. Yeah, but it's funny how. I, I mean, I can be hopeful, right, Dead Man? Like we said, the one bit of good news we got when we were talking about so much bad shit at Marvel is that Silk got canceled. Yeah. Oh, did it? Nice. Yeah, that's that's just fucking done. Finally. Yeah. That one fan stopped writing in letters. <laughs> that one plan being someone named Dane Sloat. <laughs> yeah, I know he was, he was gleefully taking a lot of uh, credit for the continuation of that character. I recall <laughs> when it first was announced the series. I never but, thought uh, I would say this, but I miss Alpha. <laughs> he he kind of came and went after his series. He had a mini series, and then yeah, that was yeah, it. Al- yeah, Alpha that. got yeah, Alpha got that fucking one mini like that one arc in Spider Man where he was just the fucking worst, and then he actually kind of redeemed himself in that little six issue mini, and then he just fucking mm. died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah, that, my, that, my brain's in the wrong franchise, Dead Man. I just kept going, I yeah yeah. I didn't say Alpha Five. <laughs> Sorry, I <laughs> so, <just> said Alpha. <laughs> The kid with the power to be an amazing asshole. Why has that ever been like a parody name of a book, like The Amazing Asshole? It sounds uh, like it might have been the name of like a like a Deadpool comic crossing over with someone, maybe. I'm, I'm sure Garth Ennis made a comic like that some at some point. When our <laughs> You'd have to, right? <laughs> yeah. Or well, I mean, the arsehole. He made or, the amazing wait, arsehole. <laughs> was it Warren? Was it Warren Ellis who made the pro? Yeah, no, that's Garth Ennis. Garth Ennis, okay, yeah, that's, that's yeah. Garth Ennis. and okay, Amanda Connor. Yeah, Garth, well, actually, either, honestly, either one of those probably could have made that title. And they're like, yeah, yeah. Is the Ennis Ellis crossover we've been fucking waiting for? 
Yeah, that'd be awesome. No. <laughs> I don't I, I would I'd be on board for that. <laughs> yeah, come oh, on, look at the Dotsons in our It'll be great. <laughs> That's how you move a book. Just say, Hey, we got assholes drawn by the Dodsons and you're just like fucking pre orders out the ass. A, a the amazing Ennis ass book. A Garth Ennis book drawn by the Dodsons would look like Skittles colored vomit. I would I don't know why. Just that sounds designs. kind of amazing. <sighs> we spent way too long on this. Yes, we have. So that's news. That's just all news for this fucking show. I got ready for like three hours of us talking about some other bullshit. I don't know. Nico, why don't you go first? <laughs> all right uh so an amazing lead in <laughs> i want to talk about uh some nick fury but not that nick fury everyone's favorite nick fury nick fury jr <laughs> i keep have forgetting said, he's a thing yeah same here but have you guys been reading this new series that they came out with no fuck no nick fury okay um so I'm not a fan of this version. Uh, I am a fan more so of the older version of Nick Fury. I love that Nick Fury. Wish he was still around. That was, um, but um, James Robinson is the writer of this Nick Fury uh, series. I've seen some of the preview pages for it. And and the way they described it uh, was uh, made me want to check it out. So um, essentially, this is three issues in so far. Every issue so far of this has been basically a one-and-done secret mission almost like the intro to like a bond film like so and and it's been very fast moving fast paced plots uh they basically explain the mission to nick fury at the start of it and then he just kind of goes and basically goes on his way and tries to complete the mission all within one issue and then basically the next issue just starts out brand new with a brand new mission and for those reasons and the fact that I like James Robinson, uh, I've actually been quite enjoying this series so far. Okay, Nico, I'm, you probably shouldn't have sold it as every new issue is the, the teaser intro to a Bond movie. Because what that basically suggests to me is that it keeps hyping you for something to happen and then nothing ever happens. Yeah, I guess yeah, it's like, so. It's like, every, guess right. it's like every issue just like... Every single fucking issue is just like half of the James Bond intro and they just stop. There is right, there is conclusions to each issue, but in the sense I just meant as an intro to James Bond movie because like, you know, like the action starts right away like he's basically in the middle of yeah, a mission. Yeah, I know. I, I yeah. get that, but the way you kind of let sure. it off was a little it'd be sort of like um Dead Man, you watched uh the Batman the animated series episode Heart of Ice and it just ended after the title screen. <laughs> Yeah, no, I get where you're coming from. So yeah, so it's not that. It's but it is it is something where um there hasn't been really a through line like from each story, each issue like that's been going throughout like so everything is pretty much self-contained in each issue. Uh this third issue that's come out so far has probably been my favorite out of um a favorite of the series so far. Uh it basically was him uh, boarding a uh, a train where this like I guess this wanted 
uh, terrorist was on the train. Uh, like he was a part of the cartel. And he was attending this big party with all these kind of crime lords on this um, this train. Was Black Cat uh, there? No. <laughs> and, so, and basically this guy has been untouchable in his country. Like they haven't been able to get to him. And he wanted to go on this... Um, this train because all the South American world leaders were making this train trip and he was basically just going to show up to like save like save about face like not to look bad in front of all these people and show them that he could basically out party all of them out drink and out party everyone on this, this train pretty much so he, he goes on as a guest to this train party um, and he basically has to find him aboard the train while um, while you know um and like save him at the same time from getting assassinated from all these other killers that are on the train and bring him in himself because at the end of this train ride he was supposed to guess to be arrested by somebody but they wanted to make sure that Nick Fury came in and took care of it himself before that actually happened yeah because he needs they never to be arrested better yeah, well, I think for whatever reason, S.H.I.E.L.D. wanted to take care of it. Like, like you know how they do? They just kind of go in there and fucking take over. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so they didn't want, they didn't want um, him, they were worried about him getting killed, for one, which was a good, good reasoning, because he almost gets killed, like, three times in this issue, and Nick Fury has to basically stop him, but at the same time, detain him towards the end. And, and, and... You know, there was like a there was like a cheesy Bond joke that actually happened in this issue too. I must say, uh, where they basically they were trying to make him uh, a martini, and he basically said uh, <laughs> he said uh, instead of shaken not stirred, it was kind of it was stirred not shaken because he didn't want to bruise the gin. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was kind of <laughs> a little bit ham fisted. I was like, okay, that's a little bit too much. So that, but it, it, it did make me laugh, admittedly. But <laughs> it wasn't funny in Kingsman, right? It's oh, not funny here. That? Yeah, I well, they, they make fun of it in Kingsman by having it be so over the. That he has such over the top, ridiculously specific instructions for how his right. drink needs to be prepared that it. For me, it was kind of funny, but it's a joke that kind of went on too long. Yeah. Also, I... I remember when they introduced this guy. I remember they introduced this guy as Marcus Johnson. And they just all of a sudden started calling him Nick Fury. Right. Why? Do you? Yeah. If you didn't want to get rid of Black Nick Fury, you didn't have to get rid of Black Nick Fury. Mm-hmm. You brought over Black Spider Man. Yeah. Again, I'm not a like Just I said, I'm not a huge fan Christ. of the character either. But I like the approach that they've been using in this series. Uh, and uh, although Bertie, I remember you chatting, uh, talking about it on the show a while ago, and I had read some of it too. And I think you said you had enjoyed it. The there was that Warren Ellis James Bond series, which was more like the uh, Ian Fleming novels. Uh, or is that who wrote them? I think so, right? But uh, uh, yeah, I think it was yeah. Warren Ellis. Uh, but anyways. I didn't love that version of it, even though I guess it was more to the original James Bond. Like it was, I've I've been told that was more like the novelization of him, and this is more like the bombastic, over the top type 
you know what I mean? Like James Bond adventure type style. And I think the art's been really great too. It's that ACO guy who did that Manhunter book. So, so what you're saying is that you prefer the Roger Moore style of Bond film. Yes, although he's not my favorite Bond, actually, but I do I have I do enjoy the yes, but I I do prefer you're more that Moonraker kind of... than Octopussy. <laughs> I, I do those, I do those are those are both. Uh, the, I was talking to Demi. Those are both. Oh, sorry. Films. I'm not. I don't know. Okay, more more Moonraker than Goldfinger. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Does, does but, that track? But, but does that does that scan? I don't know a lot about James Bond. <laughs> That that's that's two different bonds. Yes. <laughs> okay. Good. I, but, I, yeah, I was. But, I, from what I have heard, Goldfinger is a good move one. Move past it. Move past it. <laughs> but yeah, I yes, like Bernie, the Woody Allen basically. James Bond. <laughs> but yes, that's basically that's more like this version, I would say, uh, of this Nick Fury comic. And the art by ACO, he's that guy I think that did that Manhunter series at DC. Uh, the one, I think his art looks much better in this series, but the one takeaway from his art is I enjoyed it, but he's that guy that does so many fucking panels, and sometimes he zooms in on certain things, which I'm usually a fan of, but some of his some of his page layouts are way too fucking busy. So, yeah, like, I'm it almost at, takes away I'm looking from at the some story of them. sometimes. I'm looking at some of them, and it's... For whatever, for whatever reason, look at them, it's like I'm trying to watch, like non-stop those like Austin Powers interstitials while I'm on like PCP. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yes, I, I I get what you're saying. So yeah. it's a, it's a, so it's a story that's essentially nothing but transitions between scenes you never see. Mm, I wouldn't say that. They they do Uh Birdie like Google image search ACO Nick Fury and just look at like the yeah. first two rows of images. But it is but just fucking like, two-page two page spreads with, like, 9,000 panels in them. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. That's what I mean. Like, sometimes I think it's way too much what he's doing, but sometimes it actually moves the comic along at a pace, like in this issue with the train and everything, where it actually works very well. Okay, I see what they're going for, but what it reminds me of that works a lot better than this uh, is Ailes Cott and Ailes his work. Alice Cott, I don't know how to pronounce it, but his spy work, that's what this kind of reminds me of, just this much more Technicolor. You mean Zero, the comic that yeah, he did? Zero. Yeah, Zero. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, like I said, it's not my, it's not, it, it does sometimes take away from the story, even though it's trying to make, give you more out of this these uh, issues, but uh, sometimes I feel like there is way too much going on, but I do like it overall, and I think the colors add a lot to it, too, because every issue has been very, very like very bright uh different colors that you don't normally see in a comic so it really kind of stands out um and also you know towards the end of this issue he kind of gets his man uh ends up killing actually a bunch of people on the train and uh and uh bags the woman that's been kind of trying to uh he's been trying to seduce while on the train james bond like so it, it just felt like a very good complete one and done little mission of an issue that i didn't really like I have I've been having a fun time reading this because if you want something more substantial or a better storyline definitely don't check this out but if you just want to kind of just pick up an issue have a good time with it and at the end of it it's kind of like you know move on from from that um this is basically this series has been like that so I, I don't I don't want all my comics like this but I think it works for this particular type of thing so yeah so I, I've liked it uh so far uh so yeah Nick Fury uh if 
even if you're not a fan of this character, I would say check it out if you kind of like that whole that whole uh, over the top Bond type mission uh, storyline type uh, comics. So, yeah. Okay. Other than Birdie. All right. Well, I kind of mentioned this book to Dead Man when we last did a show, but I kind of wanted to go into it in full detail because of how much it sucks. Plus, it's a nice lead into one of the books I wanted him to talk about. <laughs> uh, Venom versus Carnage. Ooh. Oh. Oh. Right, so, is this an old series? Yeah, it's a few years old. It's like a 2008. Okay. Um, so, Nico. Uh, the reason I ta- mentioned this t- to Dead Man is that um, the artist for it, Clayton Crane, oh yeah, uh, his idea of art is distracting. <laughs> it's very dark. Not even always, his art. Right? His idea oh. of what art is. <laughs> mm. Okay. Well, Explain. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll just I'll see if I can see if I can bring it up. The whole book looks like the image I just sent you, Nico. Yeah. <laughs> That's an interesting angle for the black cat. <laughs> Interesting's a word for it. I get the impression Clayton Crane doesn't know how to draw female physiology. I get the feeling he doesn't know how to draw physiology. Yeah, I always find his, his artwork is just very, very, like... Like I said, like it just this looks dark, like like not just dark, like disturbing. I mean, but like dark, like the actual artwork is always darkened for whatever reason. Like he put a filter over it of some sort. Like it always, I, I think he paints. Like I don't know if he or digitally does his shit. It, it but it doesn't. Yeah, it kind of looks know. like it, but it looks yeah. like he does. He never. There were never any penciling done. Either. Yeah, yeah. But and look, um, does everything and with inks. Real- yeah, and I didn't realize this before, Dead Man. But uh, this was written. By an old friend of the show, Peter Milligan. <laughs> oh, God. Uh. You know, the poor man's Grant Morrison. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yes, precisely. <laughs> like, I didn't realize I have a history with this guy <laughs> until I started looking up other works he's worked on. Yeah. He is ser- like. Beyond his young animal stuff, like apparently he worked on. Uh, okay, so a a young animal book you're you're reading or we're reading, Dead Man was Shade the Changing Girl. Uh, I read yeah a couple issues of that and uh, eventually gave up on it. It was it was too tame. Yeah, uh, apparently he wrote three volumes of it back in the height of the Vertigo days called Shade now, the Changing Man. Man, yeah, yeah, the pre series. Yeah. Which I guess must I don't know it missed maybe it sold well I don't know because but because you put it next to Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol and I know which one I'll pick. <laughs> um, I I've read some of it actually. That is actually one of his better works I would say. Like yeah, that was in the heyday of Vertigo though. Like it was it was like pure weird Vertigo type book at that time. I could like, tell was, looking yeah. at the cover image they decided to use for the Wikipedia entry on this fucking book, and it looks yeah. just straight up like some fucking Grant Morrison shit. Yeah. Yeah, but I suppose I should actually talk about the writing of the book itself because I can't talk about the art beyond what I've already showed you, and it the art speaks for itself, and it doesn't speak well of the book. You know, uh, no, 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 don't. 
So the whole point of this book uh, is Venom and Carnage are having a fight about Venom not wanting Carnage to kill Carnage's spawn. Why would he care? I don't know. Maybe it's like the seventh son of the seventh son or something. Like some sort of cursed generation. I, I don't know. But uh, it, 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 gets, it gets messy as, as any fight between Venom and Carnage would. Um, or the uh, artist art that you showed us. <laughs> well, that, well, that doesn't help. <laughs> yeah. So um, the person in question who is unknowingly the holder of the spawn is a cop whose wife is going into labor in the middle of the fight between Venom and Carnage. Huh. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah, just fucking <laughs> shitty day for her. Like, oh, I'm pushing a fucking yeah. baby out my cooch and then also fucking murder's happening. Yeah, it's two monsters fighting by her. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. Well, the cop is on duty trying to arrest Black Cat for being a thief and, you know, a good character. But, uh, this is, that's the only thing I like about this is that it's old Black Cat, which, as I've said in the last couple shows, I increasingly miss old Black Cat, but, uh... Yeah, because new Black Cat but, is fucking horseshit. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so... God damn it, Slot. The day at... The, the day, so, Spider-Man manages to get the woman out of there into a hospital where their child can be born... Um, Did he web the, swing the, the woman in labor there? Yeah. Oh, that's smart. It's like, all right, we're here, right here, ma'am. Good to have your baby. Where's the baby? Oh God. The, the day, and so the day after this, uh, Carnage eventually shows up at the cop, and this causes the release of the symbiote spawn inside him, and he becomes toxin. I was just going to ask if it was toxin. And because it is the only because it's the only carnage slash venom spawn I'm aware of. From there, it just becomes kind of bullshit because venom, carnage, and toxin fight. Um, the guy possessed by toxin goes through his whole "now I'm a monster, I can't be with my wife" thing, and it literally ends on him just leaving his family with his now pregnant wife and not telling her why he's leaving or why they can't be together and she's trying to be understanding he's like no no I can't oh you fucking edgelord shitbag <laughs> turn uh, off the fucking boulevard of broken dreams and go back and talk to your fucking wife uh, Spider-Man is attempting to help the guy possessed by toxin not become like his dad you, which, you know, commendable. And it also shouldn't be that hard. Like, hey, I have this giant subwoofer. Just stand there for a second. Yeah. Isn't that the thing? No, you, just fucking, like, the, you just fucking, like, sound no, them really hard and shit pops yeah, off? Yeah, apparently the whole... I mean, with, with the Carnage thing, apparently Carnage is actually in Cassidy's blood at this point, so it's a little bit more difficult. But with this guy, I'm like, I, I don't know. Apparently, yeah, it's like, it's like, oh, no, I, I, like oh, no, you've been possessed by a symbiote for, like, a day and a half. You're fucking doomed, dog. Better start yeah, wandering. I don't, I don't know... 
I don't really care. As you shouldn't. The book doesn't give me any reason to care. Like I said, the art's hideous. Uh, and Peter Milligan is clearly trying to make this weirder than the story has any right to be, and the result is just confusion. Mm. Well, that's why I, would, I wouldn't think that Peter Milligan would be the go-to guy to be writing a Carnage vs. Venom series. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because he's usually what he'll bring to it, even if you're not asking for it. It's some fucking sort of weird take, right? Like, So it seems odd that he would even agree to do this, but... I don't, I don't know. Maybe this was he. He was low. He didn't have many vertigo money coming in, so he needed some cash or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, this, well, this whole book just just feels like a cash in. Well, on I something. mean, you're talking about a guy who wrote Ecstatics. You know what I mean? Like this, it seems weird. Like that. Yeah, the he, maker of dupe. Yeah. Hmm. But so that so this wasn't that great overall. Then is what you're like? No. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Well, I mean, to be fair, the whole offspring of the symbiotes thing, I don't give a shit about anyway. And other than it was nice to know that black that original black cat was in the story, even if I couldn't really see her, all I saw was some weird pale waif with soccer balls taped to their chest. Um, yeah, no, this is very good. I'm creating... I'm increasingly souring on Peter Milligan just as a writer in general, so this didn't help. <laughs> yeah. Although, let's not forget, he also wrote The Discipline. It's a modern-day classic. <laughs> yeah, natural. Remember, remember uh, uh... <laughs> it's quite good. I actually enjoyed it. No, it isn't. <laughs> yeah, don't lie it to us. It thinks it is. Don't fucking... No, I, 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 I thought it was okay. I'm serious. <laughs> the art was really good on it. That's what I actually enjoyed more, so I'll, I'll say that. <sighs> Which has nothing to do with Peter Milliken. No. No. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I think I might just start calling this guy poor man's Grant Morrison from now on, because that just seems <laughs> to explain his entire career. Yeah. <sighs> so now that I've led off in such a cheery mood dead man <laughs> yes i'm gonna actually i'm at this this is actually something that puts me in a cheery mood so in the last little while uh dc has been making essentially threatening oh, nice. to do stuff with looney tunes mm-hmm. they're like like hey we got fucking comics and shit we got fucking crossovers coming and those crossovers started coming out and there have been some odd ones like the time Wonder Woman te- teamed up with the Tasmanian Devil wearing the armor of Theseus to fight the Minotaur. That is a thing that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was that one time that Wiley Coyote, who it turns out was part of an illegal genetic experiment from Acme, uh, hired Lobo to hunt down the Roadrunner. That makes sense. And then there was the Batman Elmer Fudd crossover, which I kind of love. Great. What? Great. Yes, there is a Batman Elmer Fudd crossover. It's written by your favorite writer. Yeah, Tom King. <laughs> was was this was this before uh, their collected picnic? Their collected picnic with Superman and the Quick Bunny. Uh yeah yeah yes because this is a fucking noir ass story. I want to. I want to read the first page. I want to read the first page of fucking narration from Fud. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> oh, 
And I would also like to apologize to everybody who has voiced or will voice this character for what I'm about to do to it. But it's but I'm reading it as written, and as written, you need the accent. <laughs> so. <laughs> Sometimes the Wayne comes down so hard you forget you've ever been dry. I try to see it out there in the past or in the future. Wayne both waiting. Going into Porky's that day, I try to do my best to remember. I really do. Things weren't always like this. It won't always be this way. I try my best. And the water seeps in, molding my coat onto my shotgun. And I stop trying and I head inside. My name is Alma Fudd. I'm hunting rabbits. Shh. Tell me about the rabbits. Tell me about the rabbits, Fudd. Tell me about the rabbits. Yeah, I know. I went Lenny there in the middle of it. I don't know how. I haven't spent a lot of time working on my FUD outside of, shh, be very, very quiet. I'm hunting Wabbit. <laughs> you, you have to, tr- as, as easy as it is to go this route, you have to try not to make him sound retarded. Yeah, I know. It's just, you try saying that many R's for W's in a row. Mm. Well, I commend I them for even very, doing it. Very, very dangerous. <laughs> wow. So anyway... Elmer Fudd goes into Porky's bar to try to uh, to work information out of Bugs the Bunny, a Gotham hitman who is a person. Mm-hmm. Every Looney Tunes character is a person in this. So good. That, that's got to be confusing <laughs> since in the original Looney Tunes, some of them are actually people. Some of them are people, but uh, but other ones you can very easily tell who they are. Like Yosemite what is Sam. Which hazel then? Like a charla- like a charlatan fortune teller? Uh, no, which hazel isn't in it? Uh, there is um, Foghorn Leghorn, Yosemite Sam, Porky Pig, uh, Sylvester the Cat, Tweety Bird, Bugs Bunny, Mar- Martian Manhunter, Martian Manhunter, Tasmanian Marvin, Devil, Marvin, the Marvin, yeah. yeah, Marvin the Martian and Tasmanian Devil. And some of them are really easy to fucking tell. Mm. Like, Porky is just a big, fat, bald guy. Bugs has the fucking giant buck teeth. He's eating carrots. He says, and what's up, Doc? Elmer Fudd straight up is Elmer Fudd, but, like, at five foot seven instead of three foot four. They get into, they get into like, a really fucking a very, very, very noir-ass conversation about Albuquerque. Yeah, I'm actually looking at it. I didn't expect to see you here. I didn't expect to be here. I think I took a wrong turn at Albuquerque. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and you seem to take a lot of wrong turns at Albuquerque. <laughs> yeah, you ever been to Albuquerque, Fud? Yeah, neither have I. Yeah, and fucking Tweet and Tweety is just like a is like a really short dude who's toxic. He's from fucking toxic. He's from fucking like Boston or something. It's like so. I said to her, I says, "Honey, I thought I saw a booty tat." And she moves that way. You know what I mean? I just go. I did. I did see a booty tat. Meanwhile, Yosemite Sam's one of the fucking... King wrote this? He fucking wrote this. You're such a hater. You're such a fucking hater. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, Tom King What about what I just said? I'm just... It's not a matter of anger at it. It's just a matter of confusion. (laughs) Here's the thing. Tom King actually works incredibly well for this. It's so good. It's so good. 
It's like one of the one of the problems you have with um, King Birdie from what I from what we talk is that you feel he overwrites a lot. Yes, this is a noir story. You need to overwrite. He's a good fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sorry, and, if and I'm, sorry if I'm stifling. For some reason, my nose started bleeding when I started talking about this book. <laughs> and where the where the fuck has Lee Weeks been on a Batman book? The art too. Wow. Yeah, and so, yeah, it's so like a uh, fucking Foghorn, Leghorn, and uh, Yosemite Sam are playing poker. Uh, Marvin's off in the fucking back corner just talking about how he's going to blow up the world. That guy with the dancing frog is there with the frog trying to sell it to a guy, and Taz, and Taz is just beating a dude while screaming. <laughs> and yeah, so, this sounds like... Um that Han- that Hanna-Barbera, if it were real-life comic book type thing you were talking about a few weeks back. That Scooby-Doo thing? No, no. Um, uh, what was it? Uh, the, the crossover with all the Hanna-Barbera characters where, like, Top Cat was, like, an actual gangster. And uh, I-, I can't remember the name of it. For the oh, right, yeah, that was, uh, that was, like, part of some future quest thing or whatever. Okay. Yeah, this is what that sounds like. It's kind of like that, but it works a lot better. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, Fud goes to see Bugs because Silver Saint Cloud has been murdered, and there was a carrot at the scene. So, Elmer, who, by the way, has been fucking Silver. Sure, see, it's a noir story. Yeah, sees this, goes, talks to Bugs, and Bugs says, "Hey, Bruce Wayne hired me." So then Elmer just fucking steals a steals a fucking limo, walks into a Wayne fo- Foundation function, just pulls out a shotgun and shoots fucking Bruce Wayne. Then the Batman shows up, and the two of them get into a fight, and Elmer Fudd is able to hold his own in a fist fight with Batman. Because he has a shotgun-based fighting style. Also, his, somehow his double-barrel shotgun can hold three rounds. This Ugh. does sound like the kind of thing you have to read just to see it and believe it. Yeah, you really do. You really need to see the fucking look of the goddamn people. I just wish it wasn't people. $5. <laughs> yeah. well, <clears throat> well, there's also a, a backup, which, which, although it wasn't as great as the first the first story was also quite good i would say i would argue as well five five dollars for a single issue is still a little yeah. steep yeah it's ridiculous but yeah so the yeah. uh yes yeah, so like the new fuck yeah so the backup story is just the fucking duck season rabbit season thing but with batman yeah and then like, at the end, uh, they change the sign <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah, like fucking Batman actually says, of course you realize this means war. <laughs> because of fucking... <laughs> I was not a fan of the backup story. It was oh, really? severely overshadowed by the fucking rest of it. Oh, yeah. No, I and agree I also, with that. I, I, I also just I like kind of don't though. find... Duck season, rabbit season works a bit because of the like established like rivalry between Bugs and Daffy. Throwing Batman into the mix doesn't really add anything for me. It's, it's not even, it's not even like, like a, oh, Batman would never act like this, so it's fucking... Yeah. Mm. There's nothing in that for me. 
However, I did like the, however a yeah. noir murder investigation featuring Elmer Fudd fucking shoving his shotgun up fucking Sylvester the cat's asshole or something. I don't know. Hmm. I did like the end though, where they both are walking off together, and basically he's like, "Oh, I, I uh, let me introduce you to a friend, to Bugs." He's like, he also likes jokes. <laughs> I just I found that funny how he just got he got so pissed off at him that he's like, "Oh, he screwed over all the Robins by changing the sign to Robin season," and that at the end he basically like, "Oh, you know, I'll show you. I'll, I'll introduce you to the Joker." Yeah, you know, which, I, which, I liked, which I liked actually, how it ended. But it's actually kind of dumb because of the characters he summoned, only two of them had Robin in their name. That's true too, but yeah. So it's like, hey, Tim and Damien are fucking dead, but like Dick and Jason, they're still good. They're still good to go, dog. Yeah, but they were all Robins at some point. Yeah, right? yeah I know. I know they were all Robin, but fucking would Fudd know that? No. There's like Robin I mean, season. Oh, your name's Robin. Oh, your name's Red Robin. Boom. Your name's Daywind. Peace. Oh, your name's Red yeah, Hood? Like, what the fuck are you doing here in the woods? Yeah, no, there are no hoods in the woods. You gotta get into it a little bit, though. It's a Looney Tunes story. You know what I, I mean? know. You gotta kind of, yeah, you gotta put a little bit. Yeah, I mean, after this, they did Lobo and the Road Runner and a Jonah Hex crossover with Yosemite Sam. I and think that, putting logic into this is sound, is kind of unsound. That one but, was, but, th- that Yosemite Sam, Jonah Hex one was fucking weird because Foghorn Leghorn was in it as an actual anthropomorphic chicken and or rooster and fucking... <laughs> People reacted to it. Like, he fucking, like, you know, somebody pulled, right? Sam pulled Foghorn out of the fucking lake. He's like, boy, what the fuck is wrong with your face? And Foghorn has a fucking eye patch and he's a fucking, like, professional, ra- like, like a prize fighter. Uh, uh, yeah, and they just moved on. They're just like, oh, yeah, don't worry about that. <laughs> They're just like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, he's like fucking King from Tekken. Just nobody, nobody really mentions it. <laughs> But but that's why I thought this was good I, to 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 your, what you said, uh, Dead Man is. Uh, that's why this was good because of the balance. Like you did get this very Looney Tune esque type story the the backup, and the main one was much more serious in tone. And like you said, like more what you and I preferred as well. But yeah, and I but yeah I, I, I yeah, actually so. now I now want Looney Tunes noir. <laughs> It worked well. I mean, you know, it, it was really just like good. make well, this well. a for real Z's thing. Just like, just like you know, like a twelve issue maxi or something, where it's just like rotating stories of different fucking people's lives living in Gotham as these Looney Tunes characters. Like, just what's the story of Taz? Why, well, I mean, why I does, just, why I does just, he wear a shirt with his own name on it? I just looked up the one where Bugs Bunny joins the Legion of Superheroes, and the first way, the first superpower. Bugs shows as he joins the Legion of Superheroes is to turn his head into an homage from comic books, and they're all so thrall, uh, enthralled by how stupid that is that they all collapse. He they literally had, say, he "No, it four can't be not an homage." <laughs> four Bushman. <laughs> He's Marvel, though. Fuck it. Yeah. Malcolm Comics. That's where that shit happens. <laughs> so that's Batman Elmer Fudd the best single issue of comics you will read this month yeah yeah I know it's yeah it's basically yeah I agree that's so weird to say <laughs> I know yeah, I know it was like, good. in, it was in this good. fucking horrible goddamn world where, where Warner Brothers and DC are like hey you know what's a good fucking idea and then it turns out to be a good fucking idea that is like actually kind of disturbing to me. 
I just think certain certain people give these properties, these crossovers, the respect they deserve and the actual good talent put on them. Some of them are just shit. You know what I mean? Like, but but this this yeah, was I mean, this one had fucking well. Tom King on it. That fucking hack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And as long as he gets out of his own way, he can be a good writer. Anyway, Nico, uh, my nose is just fucking. My nose is having a period. I'll be right back. Oh shit! All I right. may have made a mistake by just making Nico angry. <laughs> fucking Tom King mashing. <laughs> I know. I, I had nothing to say to that last comment. I'm just. I just shaking my head. That's why I didn't hear nothing. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, I'm going to talk about Avengers. Uh, this is the. First volume came out, the Avengers Unleashed Kang War 1. This is the Mark Wade written Avengers that he started writing after the first failed, in my opinion, all new, all different Avengers with the mashup of the champions before they were the champions, which uh, basically, well, at least Miss Marvel and Miles, I believe, were part of the team at that point, and they left to basically form the champions, leaving the rest of this team. Uh, plus Hercules now has joined. So it's Vision, uh, Lady Thor, Jane Foster, uh, Hercules, the Falcon, and Spider-Man. Uh, oh, Christ, you're reading the Avengers after all the characters anyone remotely cared about left. Yeah, and the Wasp, the new not the Nadia Pym version. Who's so, fine in her own book, but not here. <laughs> mm-hmm. I actually haven't read that book, but I uh, is it good? So far, at least it is. It kind of... Okay. It's it's a it's a weird book because it's got the problem of Janet trying to not just be a sorry my dog just jumped at the couch and missed no problem <laughs> uh, <laughs> um it, it's got the problem uh, it's of, of balancing very disparate tones with Janet Van Dyne trying and failing not to be a foster mother to the daughter of her ex husband's first wife. Okay, that's kind of interesting. Combined right. with like her being hunted down by Red Room assassins and terrorists, mm-hmm. and she's she just formed a club of super geniuses at her college that help her with her problems. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so I, the I, occasional I, good idea, but it's, it's I I think it I think it gets in its own way sometimes. So it's just it it the tones are too disparate. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I might check it out. I do like the character in this, um, although from what I've heard, Mark Wade writes the character much different than what she is in her own title. Uh, and it's not like they super flesh the character out in this uh, either. Uh, but um, I was not a fan. I, I'm a big fan of Mark Wade. Uh, you know, just like any writer, not everything he does I think is is great, but a lot of it is. It, it, it is, and I think it's always worth checking out, um, at least, at the very least. And I was not a fan of the all-new, all-different Avengers series. I didn't think that the mashup of the younger and older characters, and especially these versions of them, worked. So I was very lukewarm about it. I read a few issues of it. I heard it, the series ended strong, but I kind of abandoned it after the first few. So I figured I'd check this out now with the now just this new Avengers team, and I heard this one might be a little bit better. And since whatever was not working in that first book, now that the Champions is separated, which he's also writing uh, uh, at the same time as this Avengers title, I figured I'd give it a try. So 
the one thing also which is a big 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 plus for me on this is the art of mike del mundo which i absolutely love yeah no mike it's, it's it's good art that's what drew me to look at the book it's just i don't know i i the thing about the event about team books is it's always about the synergy of the characters. Mm. That's why Justice League will always have some flavor of certain. It, no matter how they switch things out, there are certain characters that are always going to end up in a Justice League team. Same with Avengers. Mm. It just this is an odd combo. <laughs> no, I agree. I, I I agree, and and that's why I didn't like the first iteration of it. But I. And although it does make more sense for those younger characters, I think, to be separated from these, it doesn't, like, you're right, like, Hercules, I'm not huge on, uh, Vision, I love, this is a new Wasp, this is the shitty version of Peter Parkin, you got Falcon, Peter Parker, uh, you got Falcon, um, who's the Captain America at this point, I do love Jane Foster Thor, but I, again, it's, it's weird having all these certain characters in this point in time, yeah, but we'd, we'd also establish that they're not writing Jane Foster Thor correctly in the Avengers books. Mm. Yep. And I'm no, back. And if I sound nasally, it's because both my nostrils have started bleeding, and I have no fucking idea why. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Dead Man has been subbed out by Donald Duck. <laughs> You're do, you wanna, do you want to? Do you want to redo that Elmer Fudd first page? <laughs> Be very, very quiet. <laughs> yeah, see, sounds way better now. <laughs> But I can't fucking help it. I gotta fucking talk in this thing. No, 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 no. You're I, fine. We're just. I don't want you. blood all over my shit. <laughs> I already got some no, on my mouse pad and maybe on my audio recorder. I thought you were already dead. It, I don't tend to bleed. I have a lot of other people's blood. <laughs> I keep it for reasons. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure at any point I'm gonna say something and both these fucking things are just gonna fly to my nose into my pop filter. So you'll look like, uh, what's his name? Master Roshi from Dragon Ball with blood spurting out of you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm about to go full fucking anime pervert. It's just going to perv right out and blood's going to start screaming. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So Mike Del Mundo was a big plus for me on this. And uh, as I just mentioned, Dead Man uh, to Birdie, uh, we were both in kind of agreeance that this is a weird cast of characters in the newest Avengers book. Um to pair up together and it doesn't necessarily work but i do like the fact that this is at its core this whole first arc of this series has been a crazy time traveling kang story yeah uh which i know was kind of brought over from the all new all different avengers because i know that he was also part of that series as well i, th- I believe uh yeah at some I, point. Like, the art that you put in here i actually thought was from that other series uh, sorry, you thought what was from the other series? The art? Yeah, or? the art. The, yeah, the pictures that you just posted. Those look like they're oh, from no. the other series. They're look, they look like they're from their all new, all different Avengers. Yeah, no, this is from the current Avengers. They Mike Del Mundo art, uh, which I uh, which I love. Um, I think he's great. Yeah, uh, it's, it's did, our, you know, yeah. Things over in the other book started out relatively kind of boring, but then eventually this artwork took over, and that dude just went fucking nuts. They did all kinds of time travel right. shit. And it was great. Yeah, that's what I heard. I heard the book ended strong, and I kind of abandoned it early on, and I'm. So I might go back. But. Yeah, like the the fucking like final thing was having the wasp use time travel to kidnap baby Kang in order to force regular right. Kang to not fucking be evil right. and shit. They explain that actually in this first uh, arc of the new Avengers title. They actually kind of go over it quickly because the fact that Vision went back and actually uh, messed with it as well. 
and he hid Kang at some point in time. So Kang comes to the Avengers in this, basically demanding that Vision, I guess, let him know where his baby self is uh, so he can retrieve him. But um, but uh, I guess Vision didn't tell the rest of the team, so uh, they don't really they're not really aware of all this at this point. So they he has to explain to them what had happened. And whenever you put Kang and, like, crazy fucking time travel, like, you know when you, you do crazy time travel stories, the more that you get into it, the more it less it makes sense. Time <laughs> like, travel is confusing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know we talk about it all the time. Yeah, always show. remember yeah, the first rule of time travel. Time is stupid. <laughs> yeah. And I love it. I love, I love the, you, they got me when they said, oh, time travel story with multiple Kangs. All of a sudden, all these different Kangs from the future, from the past, start showing up together and all trying to take down the Avengers in this, and basically trying to wipe them out from existence themselves by taking them as babies and, and, and killing them or or, put, or or hiding them. I, I forgot what they did. I think they went back and basically tried to destroy. But yeah, that that's the all that's the only all different Avengers. That's the plot. Yeah. That, that's the plot of that. Yeah, fucking so this good, continu- fucking good Kang ripped them out of the time stream so that when their babies died, they wouldn't fucking die with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of that storyline that basically continued into this main st- Avengers as well. Like that was the same then, like more Kang nonsense. Um, so that's been the first six issues of this uh, first Avengers trade that came out with wonderful Mike Del Mundo art. So it does sound like it's a little bit more of the same. I guess that you may have got at the tail end of that last all new all different Avengers, but. Um, uh, but it has been quite enjoyable. I have really liked it. I, I again, I think it's mainly because the art and the and the King time travel story has really saved it for me. I still don't think that as a team, this is the, again the best combination of characters. But um, but yeah, it I I found the first art quite enjoyable, so I will continue to read it. Um, so yeah, so you, so you, so um, Dead Man, you think it's worth? Checking out the, the the last arc of the all new all different Avengers then going back and checking it out. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Also, just a quick blood update. Oh. Uh, one of my nostrils has stopped, so I have one nostril clear. Maybe notices I've sound slightly less na- slightly less nasally, but also a bunch of the blood got into a bandage that I had on my finger because I fucking ripped the skin off one of my fingers earlier today, and that's been bleeding. I am falling apart. You're struggling over there. <laughs> I've been alone for a week, and I'm fucking falling apart. It also didn't help. My oh, sister God. fucking took the car, and the only car I had was some piece of fucking shit Firebird that was garbage, and then that, and then that just stopped working. <laughs> Man, you're having a hard time of it over there. You think are you gonna make it through this month? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, one more thing I fa- actually failed to mention very quickly before we move on. Um, uh, the vision from the future comes into this storyline oh, as well. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. So uh. the vision in the future is, is quite scary. Like, he is very scary looking. And, like, he leaves a lot of questions unanswered where he doesn't want to basically, of course, mess the time continuum more by te- revealing these se- secrets. Um, but it's... At this point, just fucking do it, dude. The X-Men yeah. have butt-fucked the time stream so goddamn hard. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, I agree. And I don't know if that's his main reasoning but in, by like, not telling like, them. Did, did that but... plot line fucking come to, come to any kind of fruition, like the idea that time got irreparably fucked by the X-Men? No, I remember Which Bendis. Time? 
uh, this time. Yeah. Like, like the most recent time when uh, fucking the when the Beast went back in time to get the original X-Men and brought them to the future, which led to that horrible Battle of the Atom shit where Molly Hayes was, like, giant, muscly, and hot, which was very confusing. Yeah. No, I remember that. Um, it's like, yeah, dude, like, you're ten. Like don't most do of this. the storylines that Bendis started in that run, I don't think it was properly addressed. I know towards the end they touched on it, but it, I don't think it was. I think it was just one of those things where they're like, "Yep, let's just accept it now. We're here," and they basically just continued on with the characters. No, but like not even that. They they fucking later on in similar books like that, they fucking talked about the fact that time got butt fucked super hard, and I think there was like a there was like a point where they were like. Saying that, like, hey, this might be, this might lead into fucking, this might be the reason why the fucking planets are colliding. I don't know. They did. There was oh, something. There was something yes. involved. That was in the Hickman stuff. Time that decided was, they wanted to fuck Jean Grey too. So yeah, that was the Hickman stuff. I think you're no, you're no, no. Like, about. like, no. This, no. This was like fucking. This was like during the lead up to the Hickman stuff. Oh, okay, I don't know. Then. Uh, my head hurts from all this time travel talk. <laughs> But no, I I think you're right. I just I can't recall where that came from. But I think yeah, that is the case. I know it stopped bleeding for fucking thirty seconds, and I breathed and started bleeding again. Well, you know you're dead. You shouldn't be breathing. I need to breathe to All talk. Right. <laughs> All right, Bertie, if you want to move on <laughs> to the next book. <laughs> well, by the time we're done, my desk is going to be thirty percent blood. <laughs> This one's going to be a weird one to talk about. I read Justice League The Nail. Okay. So, when you have a DC Elseworlds tale, they, particularly if it's not a maxi-series, they tend to work best if you don't get too big. I, I think they should have learned that with this one. Because, uh, the reason I read it is because I kind of like the concept. It's like, well, it, it's one of those, because like any good Elseworlds tale, they ask great questions. Like, what if Superman was not raised by, uh, was not found by Mar Martha and Jonathan Kent that day, and what would that mean? And, and so in this case, it's, it, it's the Justice League we all know, just Superman was never a thing in the superhero so metropolis instead of having superman as an icon of heroism to look toward and an ideal to follow they went they looked to lex luthor <laughs> you, you can kind of see where that might have gone awry mm. yeah man fucking oh, what's that uh, fucking what, what's that ayn rand shit Oh, uh, Atlas Shrugged. Yeah, like, objectivism, that's what it fucking is. Yeah, it's, yeah, object, yeah fun, pure objectivism. Yeah, every man a king. Yeah, it doesn't go that direction. It mostly goes with, um, paranoid, superpower-hating police state. And, in particularly in Metropolis, which is still one of the biggest and most populous and popular cities in the DC Universe the actions of the Justice League are viewed with severe suspicion, in particularly because, if you'll notice in the way the Trinity works out, we have the extreme dark side 
with Batman, but we don't have the extreme light side with Superman, so everything edges more to one edge. Yeah. Like, Wonder Woman is a balance between them, but she's not the ideal most of the time. She has her own ideals. Yeah. But she's not the icon that Superman was. She's the middle ground. Yeah. Between Batman's just cold realism and Superman's occasionally naive optimism. Yeah, everybody fears Batman, everybody worships Superman, everybody is like, yeah, Diana's yeah. pretty cool. Which is the reverse of the movies, because uh, I don't I, I don't know if you've seen this meme, Deadman, but I've, I was watching Wonder, I watched Wonder Woman a few weeks ago, and uh, a line that Tre- Steve Trevor says to Wonder Woman is, my dad once told me that if you see a bad situation, you can either do nothing or do something, and I already tried doing nothing. And then they cut to Man of Steel Superman going, wow, I wish I had your dad. <laughs> <laughs> they destroyed Jonathan Kent in that fucking series. Uh, so yeah, from what I've told you, that sounds like a reasonably good concept for a story, right? Oh yeah, that, that is a decent concept for a, like, that's mm. a, that's like that, that, is a, that is an idea. Yeah. So let's see how they fuck it up. Oh, yes, um, let's. <laughs> so, uh... Guys, how do I tell this? There's almost no reason to telling it in order. Um, so, Lois Lane is hired as the publicist for the Justice League, and she thinks Batman is a terrible person because she's met him. Uh, but... Everyone points out to him that he points out to her that she actually is a real. He actually is a really good person. He has to act that way to accomplish anything. It's like, wait, he's just a dude. I thought he had superpowers, like bat powers or something, or like the goddamn Batman thing was an actual thing, not just you know a dude in a suit. And so, yeah, that goat really doesn't go anywhere. But. Um, <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's the idea. It's like, wait, wait, this person, Lydia Superpowered, team is superpowered? Goes nowhere. Maybe, the, maybe they deal yeah. with it in the sequel. JLA, another nail. Yeah. That's the actual title uh, of the actual sequel. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, the best way I can describe this book is... It's tone shifts galore because, well, despite it, it, it's crazy given some of the stuff that happens in it. But, um, and this will mean nothing to Nico, but it might mean something to Dead Man. What this kind of reminds me of is Mad Bull 34. That sounds familiar. Um,. The anime with the 10-foot New York cop who could uh, survive multiple explosions and throw tanks, but was portrayed as a gritty, realistic series where the cop was like a pro- a pimp um, acting as a protection racket for hookers. <laughs> yeah, I-, I need to read this. I'll show you Mad Bull 34 at some point. It's not relevant to the show. But, okay, so one of the darkest moments in this... Um, so the villain of the series gives Joker Kryptonian weapons. Like you do. And the Joker uses them 
to stage a battle royale in Arkham Asylum. Essentially just to lure out Batman. And with the new Kryptonian weapons, Joker wins easily in Confast, but he get he's bored he's he's annoyed because mm. um Batman told Robin and Batgirl to stay out of it because he didn't know what was going to happen. They show up anyway, and okay, so Joker's Kryptonian weapons are essentially like uh telekinetic force hands, like he he uses his will to create force that he controls telepathically. And he does this to literally hold Batman still with his eyes open as he tears Batgirl and Robin limb from limb. Brutal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh... So, and, well, uh, it, it, due to a minor distraction, Batman gets loose long enough to fight and stop the Joker, although he somehow accidentally kills him. Mm -hmm. He kills the Joker? Yeah, the Joker appears to be dead. Okay. And wow. <laughs> this was apparently a publicity setup to turn the world completely against this Justice League by showing this image of Batman hovering over the dead body of the Joker. <sighs> Who the fuck would care that Joker's dead, though? <laughs> That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, it's the Joker. Yeah, right? Like, oh, look, guys, they're killers. Like, but, yeah, this, he... but this is getting into the same kind of bullshit, like, media coverage shit that, like, right. subsequent Frank Miller Dark Knight books went into. Mm, okay. Yeah, like, the media yeah, turns them into yeah. villains. Yeah. No, I understand that, but that's still fucked. Like, I mean, if anybody knew the Joker, I th would think you'd be happy that he yeah. was dead. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. I get it. Oh, no, they're but, killers the now. Only the only reason I'm glad the Joker's dead is because I looked ahead to the sequel series to this, Another Nail. Yeah. And Dead Man's going to want to read this. Will I? Because it involves, essentially, the Joker has become Freddy Krueger. <laughs> Like he haunts their dreams? No, uh, Batman goes to hell, and the Joker is leading demons, and this has given him powers over reality. That sounds great. You know. <laughs> that sounds very enjoyable. And all of this because the Kents never found Superman. Well, they do find him at one point, but I want to get to that, because I have to get through another a bunch of other horseshit first. Let, let, me, so, let me just say. Um, let, let me just say before you go on. It's amazing what the butterfly effect can accomplish. So the enemy has also erected a giant um, barrier around the entire planet, which keeps all the other lantern cores off Earth. Because if you attack it with lantern energy, it drains the lantern battery. Isn't that the Secret Empire plot? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, fucking Captain America put up an energy dome around the fucking planet so that Alpha Flight couldn't fly down and help them. <laughs> hey, why is he fucking hating on Alpha Flight? What a dick. <laughs> because he's Captain America, not Captain Canada. Yeah, yeah, as I say, they're Canadians, yeah. eh? Yeah, but, um... <laughs> yeah, Puck's up there fucking down in two fours of Molson playing hockey and just flipping him off, eh? Screw you and your Chitari army, you hosers. 
Yeah. How about you guys anyway. fuck off back to fucking where we come from before I give you a Shawinigan handshake, fuckers? Yeah. I like that they make the shitty version of Captain Marvel end up with Alpha Flight. They just threw her to the Canadians. They're like, yeah, you take her. <laughs> Asshole. Which point we're like, first off, fuck you. <laughs> and second off, did you did you keep a receipt? We might want to re-gift this. <laughs> just like, hey, give us Wolverine back and we'll give you, like, I don't know, North Star. Which one do you want? We got two of them. Yeah. Do you guys so, want? Do you guys want uh, the one who had like the first gay wedding in comics? That's a fucking boon for you. Yeah, So anyway, um, <laughs> at this point, the Justice League spreads out to try to find out what the cause of this public hate campaign against superhumans and superheroes is. Do they discover that it is the fact that superhumans exist? No, that would that would make too much sense. Yeah. No, it says the X-Men thing of like, oh no, it's just fucking bigotry, man. We're exactly like the fucking Jews. No, no. Oh, okay. Was it Brainiac? No, that would also make too much sense. Was it the Shade? Nope, still to make too much sense. Was it the Ultra Humanite? I don't know. Nope, still makes too much sense. Swamp Thing? Yeah. No, too much sense. Uh, Trump? Makes about the same level of sense, I suppose. <laughs> Good. Good. Okay, I'm on, I'm on the right track. Warren Buffett. Oh, okay. Jimmy Buffett. I don't know. I, t- <laughs> I need to... Uh, He's playing cheeseburger in paradise, then occasionally throwing out fucking literature okay, about how so superhumans are going to destroy gonna, the planet. I'm going to do one small dumb thing. Before I get to the big dumb thing. So, um, after the brutal murders of Batgirl and Robin in front of him, Batman is rather distraught. As you would he be. Apparently, he, I mean, when your fucking side man- piece gets murdered. The only person he managed to save was Selina Kyle. Um, and Alfred and Selina's... Uh, snap him out of his stupor by dressing Selena up as Robin and saying you need to get revenge for our deaths. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Was this like hmm. Carrie Kelly Robin or like Stephanie Brown Robin? I I don't know. Just imagine um Selena Kyle in the Dick Grayson Robin outfit. Ugh. Hmm. Oh, 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 God. That's weird. That implies so many terrible things. That's odd. Who wrote this? (laughs) Alan Davis. He's an artist, mainly. Uh. That, that... That is worse than all the Bruce Tim Batgirl shit to me. Uh, okay, maybe not worse, but like on the level. <laughs> I don't have words. I just have noises. Just <laughs> exasperated, terrified grunts. Okay. 
So I have to get to the villain reveal. It was Clue Master. I can do do this. So Lex Luthor's been experimenting with Kryptonian DNA because he found samples of it uh, throughout on our Earth. He just never found a a in-depth Kryptonian. Uh, And the person he's been experimenting on the most is Jimmy Olsen. And so Jimmy Olsen is part bizarro, part true Kryptonian now. <laughs> what? <laughs> so the villain's action man? Close. Uh, he's using, uh, in addition, uh, other gene splicing stuff. Um, Dark side? Uh, no, well, Dark side's in it, but he's kind of just a setup for the second book. Um, Jimmy Olsen was also fused with grainy goodness. Um, now, Lex Luthor combined Crypto the Superdog cells with, um, Starro. Uh. <laughs> what would that accomplish? <laughs> would it just be, like, um, a bunch of people with, like, dogs latched onto their heads? <laughs> just a bunch of people with, like, fucking pure white retrievers just, like, sitting on top of their fucking heads? <laughs> <laughs> that seems like that seems like an inopportune way of fucking doing that shit. Like Starro works because it is a fairly unobtrusive yeah. mind intruding thing. It's like a hive mind, uh, yeah. No, I'm not. Even, I'm not talking about like the like the mind aspect. I'm talking about like the physical aspect of it. Starro is like you fucking take a starfish and put that on a person's face. No, I know. You can't exactly put a you can't exactly put a retriever on a person's face. Well, oh. You know what? Yes, you can. Does Dog Welder show up in this? Because <laughs> if he, he showed up in this, does that Dog would be Welder show up in this? <laughs> did they fuse? Did they fuse Crypto and Starro with the DNA of Dog Welder? If that's the case, this is like the best story of all time. Dog <laughs> no hyperbole on that one. That best does story. Six ever. pack best dark side in one on one physical combat. A drunken delusion of his own. Uh, <laughs> does sick pack? Making. Does six pack like fucking like negate the omega beam with a really with a really like heavy alcohol fart? <laughs> what does all the dog welding mean? Dog welding. It's just dog welding. <laughs> Excelente. <laughs> Sorry. But so there's no dog welder. I'm I'm, I'm guessing, right, Bertie? No, no. That would just, make too um, much sense. That would make too much a, sense. Just yeah. a floating white starfish with a dog head that can shoot heat <laughs> and can mind control people. <laughs> <laughs> I think his 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 nose just started bleeding again. <laughs> no, this time my eye did. I'm just it's just crying blood. I. I'm gonna shit blood later tonight. Okay, yeah. I can do this. You really can. can. Bring it, bring it home, Bertie. Bring it home. <laughs> Let's just end the show here. <laughs> You're saying I should have ended with this? <laughs> yes, you don't. Seen you this distraught in a while, Dead Man. This is your second book. (laughs) 
still have fucking five more books to talk about after this is done. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I can do this. Oh, I can do this. So, um, to lower the creep factor, Selena Kyle gets out of the Robin outfit and turns into Batwoman. Uh, oh. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, Batman uses the, the Kryptonian weapons he got from, uh, the joke, he, he got from when the Joker was killed to, um, try to fight off Jimmy, who's now a full-blooded Kryptonian, complete with the Kryptonian outfits from Superman, the animated series. Yeah, that's how genetics work. Uh, and so the entire Justice League has managed to come together after being divided and conquered as such by evil Jimmy's plans. Um, but there's still no match for this Kryptonian. <laughs> I can't tell if I'm laughing, coughing, or crying. So, in the end... Why didn't you save this? <laughs> Episode 200, dude. We're bringing back the good, the bad, and the fuck. <laughs> because sometimes... You know how you're having like an adverse reaction immediately? <laughs> so, sometimes my brain doesn't fully register the insanity... Like I go into a fugue state reading something, and so then like talk like, about it to read. To, you need to talk about it to cement the fact that it actually exists. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I need you to have these reactions, dead man, so that I can justify that. I guess this was something I did. So, so Justice League of America: The Nail is a quantum comic, a comic that doesn't really exist in in, the, in a real state until it is until it is observed. <laughs> it. it, it the, the knowledge of having read Justice League The Nail is a Schrodinger's cat of comics. It only exists when you and Dead, when you and Nico ask me questions about it. <laughs> I'm still not sure it exists. <laughs> I'm kind of just... just uh, I'm already over it now because I really just wish Dogwelder would have showed up. And I'm just disappointed about that now. <laughs> Dogwelder okay. would have been a fucking saving grace. Dogwelder is a point of fucking normality in that goddamn book. Yeah. <sighs> Okay. Which I never thought I'd say right. about the motherfucking dog welder. Okay. Yeah. Alright. So, um, it comes down to Kal-El having to save them. Of course it fucking uh, does. Because, um, the reason Superman never showed up in this universe, despite Kal-El being in it, um, okay, so one, one thing before I get to this reveal, uh, without Superman to raise, uh, Ma, Ma and Pa Kent are organic farmers. They sell themselves as organic farmers. Fuck you. <laughs> I find that kind of funny. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. I just looked up the Star Wars Crypto thing. Yeah, yeah. Why does it have, why does it have human hands? <laughs> why is it one normal dog eye off-center? Because it's the thing. But no, like, it is... The, the the fucking eye thing. It is so for anybody. So for those who haven't seen it, uh, it's just a fucking like person sized Starro thing with one tentacle, like one Starro tentacle that is just a tentacle, uh, two Starro tentacles that are dog paws, and two other Starro tentacles that are human hands. What's this in the chat? <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh Jesus Christ! 
Yeah. It's okay. I just I want to get through this so that Dead Man can try to follow. Ah. What is that? Yeah, it's got like a dog head in the center of it, and on one side of it has like the giant yellow red starro eye. But then it has a regular uh. dog eye that is off center, but like not is it's like off no. axis for where it, for the eye should be. But it's but, really fucked up because it's not like a, it's not like a fucking like it, it is a horrible fucking shoggoth of a creature. But you can see in the dog's head where the eye should be, and it's not like it's, no. But what's yeah? But it, what's freaky is the hands that are the tentacles. Like <laughs> <laughs> to me, anyways. To me, to me, uh, to me, it's the fact that I can see the actual fucking socket in the bone where that eye should be. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's funny. It's saying "Gnar" <laughs> in this panel. <laughs> that's good. It's uh, good writing, right? Well, there. Dead Man. Um, at the very least, you and Nico will be able to finish my uh, defuck for next time because each of these is only twenty-five pages. Oh, another nail. Yes, that, so that's. <laughs> Is that what we're reading next time? Another day? No, I think you're reading this. Based on Dead Man's reaction, it sounds like you're reading this. I have these issues. I I own these. I could very easily read it for next show. Even I have them. I just have never read it. Dead Man's having palpitations. I'm Lamaze breathing. It helps. I heard this was good. I'm confused now. <laughs> you were I lied to. I think it's a to. good idea, just really badly executed. You were yeah. lied to, Nico. Yeah, obviously. Like, look at this. This is an abomination. Yeah. What I'm looking okay. at. Okay, <laughs> so let me let me just now let, let me just, just extend. Finish. the... No, let me let me let me let me just extend the sticky note that I have up that I'm writing the show notes on, so I don't have to look at that fucking creature. Demet, Demet. I've talked about this for 25 minutes already. I need to. I need to finish. <laughs> Okay. You need release. So, so the reason that Kal-El is Superman but has not shown up as Superman in this world is because he was raised by the Amish. <laughs> so what is he on it? Is, is he on his like Rumspringer or whatever the fuck you call it? What is that thing where they, they It's Rumspringer. Like, yeah, it's Rumspringer. Yeah. <laughs> and sorry if that peaked the mic. I'm sorry. I. What else was I supposed to do? That's a weird <laughs> twist. So, like, does Superman not believe in power? I don't understand. No, he believes in power and its right and its righteous use. But his his children said the only righteous path to God is by forsaking mortal affairs. Wait, his children told him this? No, no, his his uh, Amish parents. I'm sorry, I misspoke. Oh. Okay, that'd be a weird thing. Like, Superman lands has kids. Like, is raised by the Amish has kids, and then the kids have to expound the fucking rules of Amishism on him. Yeah, like up to this point, was he just like hanging out with a fucking cell phone? Yeah, yeah. just like hey, got like, like hey, everybody, wow. check it out. Like goes to the local, goes to, like the local barn raising wearing zippers. Wow, who would have known that the that the end of, the Superman's weakness would be his Amish ways of being brought up? <laughs> Kryptonite? Oh no, no, it's the it's his his, his Amish heritage. <laughs> Yeah, it's like I stand for truth, justice, and finally made our and finally made wood fucking work. <laughs> so yeah, we have a barn. And, ra- we have a barn raising this fucking Sunday after church. You should come by. It's gonna be a fucking hell of a day. Yeah. And so the Amish parents get woman infringed by Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> they fridge the Amish. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh my god! Oh! 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 <laughs> 
I am so glad nobody else is in this house right now. <laughs> it is almost midnight, and they would they would hate me. I can't tell if you're having a part attack, dead man, or coming. <laughs> Neither can I, really. <laughs> All so, right. yeah. So, uh, Kal-El fights Jimmy Olsen and wins essentially just by hit Jimmy's Bizarro traits take over, so he disintegrates. You know, like Bizarro does. <sighs> That's how it ends with the properly formed Justice League. They're saying Superman's going to be a thing. Um, the only thing I kind of like about this is at the end, uh, Lois is asking, are we sure? I mean, this guy is as powerful, if not more powerful, than Evil Jimmy was. Uh, do we really want this guy around and uh and batman just like yeah i think we can trust him and she's like why he's like because this guy has had all this power for 30 plus years and has not destroyed the world yeah the amish instill good values in their children (sighs) he's gonna be it's gonna be really weird when the hall of justice is at like fucking zebediah's barn so yes that's how it ends what do you guys think? <laughs> That's the end of the show, everybody. Oh my God. It, that, I'm being totally serious. That needs to be the end. We, Nico, I, I know we have other, Nico, I know you may right. have other books, but we can't top that. No. I don't I'm know sorry. how. This is the third time I've done this. What, end the show? <laughs> no, this is the third time I have literally derailed all momentum to continue because what I talked about was so insane that Ted was like, like, fuck it. Well, that's that's your thing. Like, I seriously think you go out of your way to find these fucking mind fucks of books. Like, look at this fucking thing. I, I need to take this off my screen. I'm looking at this fucking picture. It's just disturbing me. Like, like Nico, you... What? You, Roshi knows bleeding's not that bad. <laughs> Nico, yeah, I'm gonna, if, yeah. Nico, if you want to continue, we will. But I, I don't think we can. I mean, we went pretty long already, and he did the news. So if you don't watch, <laughs> I'm not going to see much of my last book. So, <laughs> like what? Fucking Venomverse sucks. That Peter Parker book is stupid. <laughs> okay, that's what I wanted to know, pretty much, because I didn't read it. So yeah, it's, it's like it's like that fucking Peter Parker book is them trying to force Peter Parker back into the role that we know him as. Bring him back fucking Owatu Jackson, the brother of the fucking tinkerer. Also, he has a okay. sister, but fuck, who cares? So it doesn't look like I'm reading that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just going to mention Mother Panic quickly. It's uh, I like Doom Patrol and Cave Carson better than this, but I liked it still enough. So, yeah. <laughs> And that's it. So, uh, yeah. yeah, you can end <laughs> it right here. Yeah. <laughs> Our, wow, first sorry, Devin, since, our, th- our first three-man I'm, show since our first three-man show since 1987, and you do this to us. <laughs> it, I have to ask, Dead Man, am I the only one who breaks the show? Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, I've never brought anything to. <laughs> like any of the other shows, has anyone else ever just broken the show? I'm sorry. Uh, not broken it. Uh, Caveman first, has a couple pr- times like punned his like punned the way punned his way to the ending of the show. Yeah, 
This is that personal vendetta now, Bertie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you. First, I come here for the first time in a oh. year. <laughs> you, you insult Tom King for half the show, and then you fucking hit us with this book. I mean, come on. This is this is you really. <laughs> You really you must could, hate me. You, you really must hate me. You fucking knew this would happen. You could have said, yeah, let's just, I'll wait until the fucking end. But no, you just had to go like, yeah, fucking. <laughs> We're halfway through the rotation. Let me just fucking drop this nuke. Well, Deadman, let me, let me put it to you this way. If, we had, if I had done this last in rotation, we would have gone through at least three more books, which would have taken at least half hour, 45 minutes probably. So that means it would be... One thirty in the morning. Almost, I'm fine probably. with that. <laughs> I go to bed at eight a.m. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I need a shower. <laughs> paranoia, paranoia! Everyone's coming to get me. I think the last time I was on, you talked about that fucking piece of shit angel catbird, which is the reason I didn't come back for. <laughs> but that, that wasn't that wasn't as much of a complete mind fuck. That just annoyed Dead Man because of all the puns. Yeah, that's well, the true. puns and also like that book was made to be masturbated to. <laughs> Well, now I have to read the third volume, Dead Man, because it features a new main character, uh, the Greek warrior goddess Athena. <laughs> All right, I think we can just end it now. <laughs> Thank y'all for joining us. <laughs> you better we'll be not fucking in... read another nail next time. We'll be back in two weeks' time, that. maybe. Oh, God. <laughs> With another episode of the DeathStoreProds.com comic book podcast. In between now and then, I'm flying to New Orleans to fight Birdie. <laughs> I'm going I, back to Japan where things I, make sense. I'm going to go on another sabbatical as well. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Until then, uh, I'm dead. Uh, I might still be Birdie. <laughs> dead man, can you? No, no, you're 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 dead. <laughs> You're dead too. <laughs> I'm Nico. He's the quantum co-host. He only exists when we observe him. Oh God. Bye. <laughs> I can't tell if the last forty minutes actually happened. Should I stop? Or if can, it was just a hallucination it? caused by blood loss. Can I stop recording or do I just burn this? This uh, <laughs> Can I stop recording? Yeah? All right.